Welcome to Healthcare Marketing Insights for the week of June 29. I am Chris Bevelo, president and founder of Interval Healthcare Marketing Agency that puts out the podcast. And with us today are... Adam Meyer, design director at Interval. Jackie Ritacco, account coordinator. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Did you have a nice weekend in the windy wind? <laughs> yes. The 50-degree nice. weather? Yes. Once again, in Minnesota, it's 62 degrees. Today, Seriously. Yeah, yes, yesterday it was beautiful. It was windy. It was yeah. like, well, the, it was sunny, though, and the temperature was nice. It was, but what could you I do outside? Nice. You could even fly a kite. It was so windy. Yeah, that's true. I sat outside and had a few beers. Yeah, you can sit outside and drink beer. <laughs> can do Those that. don't blow away. <laughs> you can do that at any climb. <laughs> that's true. I don't think that's dependent on the wind speed. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's dig into some healthcare marketing insights, shall we? The first, I just wanted to bring this to the attention of folks because uh, I, I, I put this down as another, another salvo in the ROI wars. I feel like I should put like my finger over my ear. And say, Chris Bevel are reporting from the front line to the <laughs> ROI wars. What, what I mean by ROI wars is just, uh, particularly in Twitter, whenever ROI comes up, there's just a lot of derm and strang. I think that's how you say it. What does yes, that mean? That. <laughs> Derm and strang. Angst. Angst. I like oh, the okay. word angst. 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 A lot of angst about ROI. And so, so I just heard a, uh, a quote the other day that made me laugh out loud. But first, before we get into this, we should reestablish our perspective on ROI. So when we talk about ROI, we're trying to refer specifically to financial ROI, actual monetary return on something. So not mm-hmm. measurement necessarily, a specific kind of measurement. And we're all for all forms of measurement and all for ROI. But ROI cannot be applied in all cases. Actual financial return cannot be applied in all cases when it comes to marketing. And so that's where we get a little frustrated is when people use it as a, a bludgeon right. to kill ideas, mm-hmm. <clears throat> which is what this quote's going to be about. I throw out this, I throw this out from Einstein all the time. I just love it. So I'm going to repeat it again. Not everything, I'm going to get it wrong, not everything that can be counted counts, and not everything that counts can be counted. I just think that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to hang that on the wall. But Good this one. was the quote, okay? It was in a healthcare organization, and the person said to the marketing director, if we can't show positive financial ROI in four months, we're not doing it. Okay? So... Of course, this is situational. It depends what they're talking about. But the, the, uh, the marketing initiative was an advertising campaign of some sort promoting the service line. And the service line director was saying, hey, if you can't show me that we're going to get more business out of this than it costs in four months, then we're not doing it. Now, the irony here is that the, direct, the service line was primary care. So if, in most cases, primary care does not make money for a healthcare organization, right? Primary care could be considered a lost leader. And, you know, you basically have to fund primary care through other means in a healthcare system, but you have to have it because if you don't have primary care, you're cutting off one of your channels. So for a director of primary care to apply that strict ROI is somewhat hysterical because if you turned around and applied it to them and said, well, you know what? If your service line doesn't show positive ROI in four months, you're fired. (laughs) I wonder what her or his response would be. Right. So it just shows you how people misunderstand how our world works. Now, there are things, I think, in primary care where you could drive positive ROI, potentially. 
Uh, I'm trying to struggle to think what those might be. If you had, let's say, flu shot screenings or flu shot clinics, could you show positive ROI on that? I mean, how much money are you making on flu shot screening? The point is you get people in for flu shots. They like you. They decide they want to make you their primary doctor, and they come back and downstream over the years, you're making that money back up. To be able to demonstrate a financial return on the advertising or promotion it would take to bring people in for a flu clinic is just not the right metric to use. So anyway, I thought I'd throw out there. You guys have any comments on that? You're smiling, but that's it. That we agree with you. <laughs> that, that's all the comment I can offer. Well, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe somebody will chime in and say, no, Chris, you're missing this aspect of it and blah, blah, blah. But if you ever want to have fun, toss out ROI in a, in a tweet chat or in a Twitter conversation and watch people just drop in out of the skies. And <laughs> it's just, it's very in, it inflames opinions when it comes to that. So we'll throw that little grenade out there and see what happens. Okay, another thing we want to talk about is uh, a book I'm reading called Biology. Have you guys heard of this book or read it? I'm actually reading it on my Kindle. Do you guys have a Kindle? No, but I'd like one. I have the, I have the iPhone app, the iPhone Kindle app. Do you? But I have no... Well, it's the, same, it's the same thing. You can download books. You can download the same books. In fact, yep. anything that you've got on your Kindle, I believe you can read on your iPhone right. if you have the app because it pulls it from Amazon. Right. So no, I don't have a Kindle yet, but I have that. I haven't I love used it. I don't know how to get a book into it yet, so I'm it's not sure. It's very simple. I mean, you do it right from the book, which mm-hmm. is nice, and it takes like five minutes to download a book. See, with the, with the iPhone app, I would prefer to get like a free sample or a sample chapter or something, just so I can see how you would read something on it before I actually purchase on a an iPhone? book. Right. Yeah. See, on a Kindle, I wouldn't be afraid. If I had one, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hesitate for a second to download a whole book because it's easy to read and it looks nice. But yeah. I don't know what it's going to be like on an iPhone with a smaller screen. And Right. And I have the first generation Kindle. Uh, the newer ones are, are better for sure. But this still uh, is very interesting to me because I don't like reading a lot online on my computer at all. Yeah, me either. But I have no problem reading on the Kindle. It does, as soon as you start reading, you forget that it's not an actual book. So right. it, to me, it replicates the kind of the intimacy of the reading experience. Mm-hmm. So I like it. I've got tons of books on this. I've got like seven books on it, but that's a problem because I can't read seven at once. So I'm reading <laughs> biology at the same time I'm rereading The Stand by Stephen King, which is an awesome book if you've never read that. But let's talk about, let's talk about <laughs> biology. Uh, biology, which is spelled B-U-Y-ology, not like biology of insects and nature and that type of thing. Book by Martin Lindstrom. And it's all about neuromarketing. And we actually uh, blogged about this a couple years ago, uh, but it's still making its way through kind of mainstream marketing and business applications. And the book is all about uh, it's all about how fMRI technology is used to read brains. And I'll hang on, I'm losing my place in it. So in other words, we have a very strong opinion about customer surveys, focus groups, those type of things, uh, primarily because we don't believe that you can actually understand what people are going to do from what they say. Now, we're not the only ones that think that. Uh, There's a book called How Customers Think, which is by Gerald Zaltman. So if anybody is interested in kind of getting the background on this, that's a book you should read because it really explains what we're talking about here, that when you ask somebody what they think, their opinions, how they would act, it does not correlate to what they would actually do. 
Uh, and there's a quote in biology that really captures that. Uh, let me see if I can find it here. Of course, I had it. I had it a second ago, and now I don't. I'm not able to pull it up. Let me see if I can find it. Now, one of the things that's difficult about a Kindle, in my experience, is that it's not very easy to use when you want to navigate around. <laughs> mm-hmm. For example, I don't think there's even page numbers. It'll say like location seven three seven dash four three in a book. Mm-hmm. It doesn't correlate to an actual page number. So trying to find your way around, it, at least for me, has not been. And now it's frozen. Look at that. Doesn't that always happen <laughs> nice. on a podcast? So anyway, we'll, I'll see if I can get it pulled back up. Oh, there it is. It's unfrozen. Um, but it's, but the idea here out. is that you can actually see what people are, how their brains react when you put something in front of them. So what we had blogged about a couple of years ago, I think, is the perfect example uh, of how you would use this because it it actually proves that branding works. And it's the classic Coke versus Pepsi. And, you know, for years, Pepsi did the Pepsi Challenge. And for year, every time they did it, Pepsi would win. So blind taste test, Pepsi wins all the time. Except for in the real world, Coke wins, meaning Coke sells more, Coke's more popular, Coke's got a higher brand awareness, brand value, all those things. And so this... They use the fMRI to look at your brain, and what it does is it, it shows what part of your brain heats up. And, and because they've mapped the brain, if one part of the brain heats up more than another, they can kind of say, well, this is, the, this is the part of your brain that's been triggered by whatever it is that triggers it. So that helps explain what's going on here. So when they did it with Pepsi and Coke, uh, first they did a blind taste test, and they gave people you know, Pepsi and Coke, didn't tell them which it was, put them in the fMRI machine, and read their brains. And just like in the Pepsi challenge, more people said they preferred the sample that was Pepsi. And in their brain, in the scan, you could see the part of their brain firing up that was taste and flavor and pleasure, all the things that would be related to what you're tasting. So that matched with, you know, this actually tastes better. Pepsi actually tastes better to most people. Then they ran a test where same number of people, they told them before they went in the machine, this is Coke, this is Pepsi, taste them and tell us which one you like better. Mm-hmm. And in those, Coke won. So counter to what really is the truth, more people said they like Coke. And in the scans, you could see the part of the brain that has to do with memory firing up more for the people who like Coke than the people who like Pepsi, which basically told them that part of the brain that's been affected by years of branding was overriding the actual experience they were having. So even though their taste buds said Pepsi's better, all the things that went into branding and the value that they put in the Coke brand were overriding that. So very, very fascinating. So this is why you can't ask people what they think because they don't even know what Mm -hmm. they think. So I think that helps explain our skepticism when it comes to doing a focus group and putting things in front of, putting ads in front of people and saying, which of these do you like? Because you're asking them to comment on something that they normally don't, they don't even know right. how it affects them. I mean, do you guys buy into that? Totally. Or do you think we're overstating it? No, I, I agree entirely. And I just, I, especially when it comes to focus groups, I think of some of the ones that I've been a part of, not, not many, I've only been in a couple, but there, it's such a, strange environment there have been that are often led by a a vocal person in the group who kind of gets everybody else to kind of fall in behind them Mm -hmm. 
Um, I know the people who are moderating, it's their job to make sure that doesn't happen, but it just, it seems to happen anyway. And I've, depending, I I was in one for Gibson guitars once um, for an ad agency here in Minneapolis. And I ended up being one of the people who was the most vocal for the whole thing. And people were agreeing with me. Um, So it's just, it's, 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 I don't know. It's strange. I think other people can really influence what you're thinking in those groups too. Like the more vocal person, some people have a tendency to fall in line with those people. And then, um, (laughs) at another point, but that's totally true. Well, I think that people also overthink it too. Yes. I mean, if you see an ad in passing on the street, you're going to have a different opinion than you do if someone's forcing you to look at it and analyze it. So be critical of it. Right. Right. You'll get an opinion if you ask for it, but whether it's a it's a reality is, you know, ask anybody why they bought the car they bought. Right. And they're going to give you an opinion, but whether that's the real reason, they don't even know because half it's like an iceberg, and you're trying to chip away at the top that's showing above the ocean, and it's all the the real stuff happens below it. Here's a here's a quote, uh, and another great book, by the way, is Predictably Irrational by Dan. I think it's O'Reilly uh, that kind of talks about this. Uh, here's a quote from Biology. That's because our irrational minds, flooded with cultural biases, rooted in our tradition, upbringing, and a whole lot of other subconscious factors assert a powerful but hidden influence over the choices we make. So that kind of captures it. And then he says, in in 2005, corporations spent more than $7.3 billion in market research in the U.S. alone. 2007, that figure rose to $12 billion. That doesn't even include the additional expenses involved in marketing and actual product, packaging and displays, TV commercials, online banner ads, etc., uh, but if those strategies still work, then why do eight out of 10 new product launches fail within the first three months? What we know now and what you read about in the pages that follow is that what people say on surveys and focus groups does not reliably affect how they behave. Uh, another great book that reinforces this is Harry Beckwith, who's an author who's local, but uh, has a number of books. And his first one's called Selling the Invisible. And he talks about this. He talks about how a fast food chain went out and uh, wanted to develop a skinless, fat-free, boneless chicken sandwich. So a a health chicken sandwich, right? Healthy chicken sandwich. And they did focus groups. And they put it in front of the focus group and said, well, what would you think of this if we offered this? And and what do you think the focus group people said? I'll just let you guys guess. Can't you get a skinless boneless chicken sandwich already well this is years ago oh so this is say <laughs> that's, this, what I, that's what i would have said this is like five or eight can years I, ago before you had those oh so here's a healthy option we'd like to offer you what do you think of that would you buy that no oh it sounds gross okay you guys aren't being honest <laughs> if you're in a group of your peers are you gonna say no i don't want something healthy you're gonna say yeah that sounds great which sure, is what the focus sure. group said Yes, that sounds awesome. I want to eat healthy because that's what you think everyone thinks you should say. Right. And you don't want to sound like an ass and be, no, I like fatty foods and I prefer to be obese and you know, <laughs> give me trans fat. So, so the fast food company went off of that feedback and the product was a complete failure because in the end, people don't go to fast food restaurants for healthy food for the most part. Now, I think that's changing, uh, but still the primary... Revenue generator at McDonald's ain't the salad. It's the Big Mac. It's the Big Mac and the trans fat. I don't know if they have trans fat in their fries. I, should, I don't want to get sued here. <laughs> they used to. Yeah. Did they get rid of it? There have been. Know. Yeah, I don't know. They keep changing the oils. They cook them in and who knows where it's at right now. 
Now, I'm, I'm unaware of anybody using this fMRI technology in healthcare, but it is starting to be used to try to, for lack of a better term, read people's minds about how they think about things. And so there's some ethics involved in that. You know, is that really a good thing? And uh, imagine in politics, if you could, they're already, he talks in the book in the beginning about how a lot of this thinking drove what the Republicans did in 2004 around fear. And that fear is a gigantic motivator for people. Fear-mongering. Fear mo- so as much as we want positive politics and, you know, let's not put down other people and blah, 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 blah. If you really want people to act, scare the crap out of them. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you don't have to agree that that's what the Republicans did. But a lot of people believe that, you know, they kind of put the fear of terrorism and fear of cultural change in the minds of people. And they're like, well, you know, I don't want to get attacked again. So let's vote for George Bush instead of John Kerry. Is that who it was? Yep. Yeah. Second time around. Yeah. So 2004, right? So, you, you know, whether you believe that or not, but that's part that's in the book too. So anyway, I thought that'd be fun to throw out there. I wonder if anybody else has read biology could, could weigh in that, or if there's anybody out there in healthcare that's using fMRI technology in this way. It would be interesting to see because a lot of what we deal with is uncertainty in this business. We just don't know. And there's a great quote from somebody Wanamaker. He either founded Montgomery Wards or J.C. Penney's. And the quote is, I know half my advertising works. I just don't know which half, <laughs> which is true. Still yeah. today, that quote's like 100 years old, but it's still true today. And you see people be you see people lean toward things they can measure back to the Einstein quote because of that. So like online advertising, everybody you know because I can see who's coming mm-hmm. and measure the click throughs, then that's where we should put all our money. That doesn't mean you know to take the extreme. Outdoor doesn't have an impact. It's just we can't measure outdoors readily. I hate to support the billboard. It's not normally <laughs> my position here, but just because you can measure it doesn't mean it's the only thing that's valid, but mm-hmm. it's very frustrating when you can't figure out what works and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. Or when you have a service line director who says, you can't prove it to me, we're not doing it. Yeah. And then you want to say, okay, well, you know, somebody threw out the quote, you know, what's the RI of putting my pants on in the morning? That just breaks it down to the most basic level. Yeah. You do that calculation every day. Every day. Adam. And quite often it's just not worth it. It's unfortunately, as we see, as we all know, three or four days out of the week, Adam's made the unfortunate conclusion that pants don't meet his ROI <laughs> hurdle. And the rest of us have to do our own ROI calculation about whether we want to open our eyes that day. <laughs> all right. So, so enough on that, but uh, something that we'll continue to pay attention to. Now, we had it, we, we decided we wanted to talk about Michael Jackson, but then we weren't so sure. <laughs> Right? Because right. it could be kind of controversial. Well, it could be. It certainly could be. And, so, And it's not like people haven't heard enough about it already. Are you sure? I don't think it's been covered. Yeah, I haven't good, seen good, it good at point, all. Good point. <laughs> he died. Okay. So, so we, we decided to go to Google uh, and look up the hot trends in Google. You know, what's, what are people talking about? Maybe we can add something to that. And, of course, Michael Jackson is number one, but it's Michael Jackson autopsy leaked. So we thought, oh, it's been leaked? And then the very first news article we found... <laughs> There's so much irony in this is titled Michael Jackson leaked autopsy may or not may, <laughs> may or, or may, may not be, be fake. <laughs> well, that's insightful. And then it's from the associated content <laughs> as opposed to the associated press. 
So we didn't bother checking on that. The second one, though, we were at first taken aback. It was hypertensive heart disease. The second most popular. Second most popular trend. Right. Google search Search. for Mm -hmm. today. Right. And we thought, well, why is that? And I guessed correctly because somebody else died. Billy Mays passed away. And his autopsy, whether it's fake or not, we don't know, uh, shows he died of heart disease. Well, that's from the L.A. Times. So that one's probably got a little yeah, more credibility behind maybe. it. Maybe. I guess we can trust them over the associated cheese or whatever they're called. <laughs> uh, so, so we thought, well, isn't it kind of interesting that... Fox 12 t- Idaho also claims it. Oh, that is my number. That's in my top five <laughs> news sources. <laughs> but isn't it interesting how sometimes it takes an event like this to pull these things forward? Right. So now more people are searching for hypertensive heart disease. Then they are learning that Bernie Madoff got 150 years, which we should all have a round of applause for. Uh, what else is on this list? There's pulmonary embolism down there. So healthcare just finds a way to the top and in unfortunate circumstances. So it's, it's kind of a good thing, though. I mean, it's sad that somebody has to die for it to be that way. Um, I wasn't exactly a fan of Billy Mays, but I don't think he was a bad person. Right. Yeah. I wouldn't say I was not a fan. I wouldn't say I didn't like him. I kind of didn't like him. <laughs> he was fairly obnoxious. Now, you saw him on a reality show, right? Yeah, What's that's maybe... Well, you know, honestly, I probably cared less for him before seeing that Pitchman, the show that he had going yeah. on. On Discovery? I think it was I, on Discovery. Yeah, I didn't even know that was him, though. I just saw yep, some guy with him. some really dark mustache. Who yells really loud every yeah. time he talks. clean. Yes. Yeah, my son identified him a few years ago as, who's the guy who yells all the time? I hate him. But it's interesting that his condition is number two, whereas he himself is down at five and six. So people... It is interesting. You know, are more interested in learning about the health condition at this point than they are... Yeah. When, since the news came out, than they are in reading the story about him and how, that that's yes. what he had. That is interesting. And look at some of the other things on there. There's somebody, there was somebody at, who's Denny Chin? Do you guys know who that is? Number 14 on the top trend list? Nope, click him up. Let's see who it is. Hotness. On oh, fire. look, there's even a scale. His hotness is he's on fire. The other ones were volcanic. Made off curse by victims who scavenged food. Oh my gosh, is that real? Bloomberg, that's reliable. Fraud victims want maximum for made off. So is Denny Chin a, oh, he's the judge. Well, there you go. He was the judge in the Bernie Madoff case. And his hotness is, is on fire. Well, what's what's Michael Jackson's Volcanic. autopsy leaked? Volcanic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is sad, though. Don't you think it's sad? What? Just that he died? Just society. I oh, mean, somebody, oh God, somebody yes. posted something on Twitter. I don't know if it was last Pathetic. week. But like the second day of the Iran revolution election deal. And there was some other big news. The top news story on CNN was... Are John and Kate getting a divorce? Right. Seriously. Oh, I know. Yeah. Who cares? Do, do you really say that or do you watch that? No, I can't stand okay, that show, but I'm it? probably no, the only female my age who doesn't watch that show. <laughs> Seriously, so. who cares? I can't, just... I, can't, I can't stand American media. Honestly, I get my news from a lot of various sources, most of which are not mainstream right. American media outlets. Yes, I'm with you on that. My favorite mainstream American media outlet has got to be The Daily Show. Right. Me too. <laughs> Just put it that way. Well, he, because they put it in it's context. Not biased. And, right. he, and you, he talks about the most important things. And, of course, he spins them well. Right. Uh, but but I lo- there was a, it was last week or a couple of weeks ago, he was talking about the Iran election uh, deal and how all of the mainstream news media have closed their bureaus over there. 
So CNN's literally reporting live from their studio by reading Twitter accounts and constantly saying, we can't verify whether these are accurate or not. <laughs> then the why don't are report. you reporting them? <laughs> right. If we want that, we'll go read it on the internet. It's Your pathetic. job is That's to offer right. us credible information. That's right. So don't pe- regurgitate the crap we can read <laughs> in our own Twitter feeds. It's very sad. Don't you think it's sad? It's I mean, if beyond sad. Somewhere somebody talked about the fall of the Roman Empire and said, you know, it was celebrity that was the key sign that celebrities were held above any other kind of values in the society. If that's true, we're, we're doomed. <laughs> we are on the, it is crumbling around us. It's crumbling around us. It's really sad. Oh, well. Well, we ended on a down note. Is there anything <laughs> positive on this? Well, let's look at that. Is there anything positive on trends? The BET Awards? <laughs> No, but that's related to Michael Jackson. That's why it's up there. Yep. Well, let's list them. Michael Jackson autopsy released, hypertensive heart disease, Bernie Madoff, Fred Travelina dies. I don't know who that is, but he died. Billy Mays, Billy Mays 911, Madoff sentencing, Billy Mays pulmonary embolism. Well, how far do we have to go before we get to something positive? That would be an interesting question. Who's Venice of the East? Venice of the East. Number 16 on the list. It's on fire. Rip Van Winkle. Oh, look at the headline. Pollution chokes Bangkok's canals. Well, that's positive. Burt Ross, number 17. Investors compete for a piece of the Madoff pie. More Madoff. Evergreen Chapel. Now, that's got to be positive. Obama falls in Bush's footsteps, chooses Evergreen. So President Obama must have picked something, a church? Looks like, yeah, he decided that was his primary place of worship. That's positive, right? Positive for Evergreen Chapel. Yeah. Number 18. Once again, he's following in Bush's footsteps, though. I'm not quite clear on that, but (laughs) (laughs) let's not get political at the end. Number 18 out of 20 is positive. That's really interesting. Sign of the Times. Yes. I would have never guessed that would be the list. You wouldn't? No. I would. Don't you think that it's all sensationalism that drives the Google search? God, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Though, again, like you said, Adam, I would say it's positive that number two on this list is hypertensive heart disease. Yeah. So people want to learn about that as opposed to Billy Mays. There's a positive. Okay. Let's end on that. Positive? Well, positive. Positive Positive moving forward on this positive Monday? Positively positive. Adjourned. And it's sunny, and it's probably up to 66 degrees. (laughs) And with that, let's sign off. This is Chris Bevelo. Adam Meyer. Becky Retackle. Thanks for joining us. We will talk to you next week.